trends. Trends are coming. Postlight's getting up in trends. Acronyms are coming. I'm working on like a 20 trends thing, you know? No, you're like not. You got, yeah. There's you, always 20 trends. You got to get in there okay. with those trends. All right, Richard. Yes, Paul. You know something we should talk about more often are warning signs. That's a very broad statement. It's hard to narrow it down, and a lot of it's mm-hmm. instinct. But I thought it'd be a good show because there are times when you're just going along, doing things, having meetings, talking to people, being friendly, and then it's like a spider lands on your neck. And oftentimes you don't notice it. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I'll give you. I'll throw one out at random. Six month research phase. That's a warning sign. What happens in those six months? Now, now, granted, this is not about curing cancer. This is about like building an app. Oh, we're going to get out there and talk to users. We hired insert giant consulting firm here. And they're going to go out. They're going to talk to our customers. That's a big one. It's not mm-hmm. even users at that point. They're going to go to the factory. Okay. They're going to map out everything and how it all works. Okay. And they're going to come back with the requirements. Is that bad? It's great. How long is that going to take? Nine months. Exactly. What if I told you, Rich, Mm. that you could start building something after like a month or two? And that might be the actual best way to do a research phase. Meaning build something, go back out, show it to people, get like feedback loop? That's what I'm I'm talking about. You don't need six months. Not PowerPoints, not giant Visio charts. All right. But very very often the buyer is asking for six months of research. Isn't that wild? That's because they've been trained on giant consulting firms over the course of their entire career. Yeah. Well, also, can you really be wrong if you did all that research? I think there's that too. And you're going to get this big PowerPoint at the end that you show to your boss, right? And you haven't actually made... With quotes, pull quotes. The world is set up to avoid building software. Well, yeah. I mean, it's new. It's new and it's going to change the way people work. Like, this is what I think. People in tech, a lot of times we're like, ah, you know, everyone is just dragging behind, won't take this seriously, needs to realize and get on the train. But it's like, we're here to ruin your life. Like, <laughs> we're going to... not a good pitch. Well, no, it's a terrible time. pitch. But it's like, we're going to take away a whole layer of ways that people get stuff done. And we're going to tell you that, like, doing it with an app and a platform and on the web is, is better. Disruption, really. Yeah, exactly, right? And so, you know, I'd rather have six months to make sure I don't over-disrupt anything. Right. It doesn't work that way, though. No, it doesn't. No, you got to actually make a thing and then see what people do with it. Okay, so warning signs is the theme of today's podcast. Yeah. All right, so one of them is the long, protracted research phase. Yeah. Not a lot of room to innovate if you're doing that much research, I guess. No, I mean, that's it's always like we hired the firm. You might have hired Frog, and they'll come up with product ideas for you. You might have hired McKinsey, and they'll tell yeah. you how you're going to staff. Right. You know, things like that. What about, you have a very good set of reflexes for schedule slip. Yeah. How do you um, know? Before you go, a lot of times I've watched you talk to people, and you'll, you'll be like, wait, what's happening there? And they haven't realized the schedule's slipping. I think that's how you know. I think it's this relaxed posture that kicks in. Schedules are weird, right? Schedules Mm -hmm. are A, kind of artificial. B, very often some clients have, usually you need some sort of external factor that puts enormous pressure. I'll give you an example. It has to be ready for CES, Okay, we're we're going to Vegas. We're going to Vegas and I need the thing in the truck and I got to show the 91 inch screen. No one has ever done it before. Those are glorious because you, you, first off, you've got a scapegoat here. You're not the jerk manager who's 
turning the vice. It's a thing. It's a huge event. And it's going to oh, be yeah. two million attendees, it's, and it's wonderful to have an external monster. Yeah, You're like we have to. We have to get this done, yeah. or the monster will break through the wall That's and eat right. us. All right. So now it's you've got six weekends left, yeah. and guess what? Your weekends are shot. You're going to hit this date. But again, you're going to line the, up. Here's it's the a magic forcing blessing: function, right? is that the monster is outside the building. You're it's just, not manager guy. No, you're just like, jerk. look, man, we got it. We got to do, do this. What do you want me to do? It's what do you want? happening. We have to put the sandbags against the wall or the monster will break through. I think the number one thing to look for when you start to get a sense that slippage is happening is the posture of the team, like a relaxed posture. And God, I'm not trying to say everybody needs to be stressed out, but there is something about the launch, right? It's in like the air. That event, it's in the that air. thing that like, we're going to do it. All right, right, that's nice. You got CES and, and you know, Godzilla's not going to break down the door and eat everybody. It be a game release, what about, right? what about a point release into the App Store? I mean, those are weird, but they're not events, right? But what's the radar? You have I've seen you go like, hey, what's happening there? I think it's more driven by drag, just a sense of drag. And it's not, la- I don't want to like label this as laziness. No, but let's be clear. This can happen when hard. somebody could be going home at four in the afternoon and getting everything done beautifully. Often they are. And know. somebody can be grinding and it's just not happening. And sometimes it's the engineer deciding, you know what? I can write this better. This is bad. Let me rip out this piece of code and I'm put this one. I'm going to rewrite. That, this that, function is ridiculous. That's a pure warning sign. Yeah. That is beautiful yeah, because yeah, it, yeah. when they go, right. you know it would work better here though? Or it's yeah. just like, it doesn't do the one thing we needed to do. Yeah. You know, you've seen this. I mean, you you lived it yeah. on, on regular cycles, right? The magazine's going out. A weekly magazine is a crazy thing, right? It's like a, there's the factory. It's a factory that prints the paper. It's is a, it a printing yeah, press? Print, they still yeah. call it a printing press? The printer. The printer's going to run. That thing's yeah. going to run at 2 a.m. on whatever, Thursday night, to run the Saturday magazine. It's going to run. There's no way around it. I think it. that's the thing. When the monster's outside, that's the blessing. You keep a couple of articles that are sort of not time sensitive, always, just so you can fill always. them this in, in, just, case, in case they don't this make it. This is everyone in media. You, have, you try to have some kind of backlog rolling so that ah. you have, It's like any... Everything right. in every business. Right. That the is, history of the slinky. Everything. You could always drop that in. Everything comes down to <laughs> options. You need those options. Of course. And then sometimes you'll call. I had a piece in the um, New York Times Magazine not too long ago. It's mm-hmm. about how I like bug reports. Literally, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know why they asked me to write that? Oh, no. It was like, hey, Paul, I find myself. Because my, you're Paul Ford? No, no. It's like, I find myself in urgent need of something to go on that page. Okay, so there's an empty box. Somebody went on vacation. Is that true? Uh, I didn't ask. they gave you a time? You never, you never ask. Okay. But there, it's the New York Times Magazine. People want to be in that box. Of course. Right? I didn't ask. They were just yeah. like, uh-oh. I yeah. got an empty box and not a lot of time. And here's Paul's Well, and then us. we know I deliver a consistent product of a certain quality, <laughs> right? Like, it may not be the most, but you know you're going to get something okay. Yeah. And yeah. so I sent, they. so my friend uh, who works there, who's on that page, okay. who I used to work with, says, hey, you got any ideas? I find Again, I, I kind of find myself in need. And I'm like, I get that situation. And I literally just hit reply from my phone. There, there's no like pro forma. I'm just like, uh, bug reports, walking around Brooklyn, interesting <laughs> cemeteries. Like I'm just like, <laughs> and so I throw like 10 things his way. And okay. he goes, and he writes back a paragraph. And the paragraph is like, here's how the bug reports article could go. <laughs> and I'm like, great, we're good. All right, what's well, another warning sign? So, warning sign, P 
people are getting a little too comfortable and it's starting to drift. Well, you hit on one that was really important, actually, when, with the last one. The lack of external driver. A lot of times people come to us to talk about projects. When it is an internal project... Like something, it's not a product. Very that, hard to drive it. It doesn't have to go to the marketplace. Yeah. It's link to revenue might be, yep. you know, questionable. It could really drag. Incredible danger yeah. zone. And what you find, it's not that you get started and then they don't know. Yep. It's that it never gets started. Or you can't tell it yeah. got started. <laughs> That's right. The re- again, oh, no, 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 no. He's, he's built all the components. You just can't see yeah. them yet. They're Actually, invisible. And then you got to meet that one guy who's not there. <laughs> and, they, and then they go like, well, how are we sure this is going to work? Oh, I've got another good one for you, Paul. What's that? We're a startup inside of a big company. This has been like a thing that tech says when you're selling services for the last like 15 years. I get it. It's romantic. They're ordering in food and it's late and it's a startup and everyone's laughing together. That's right. Let's be clear, though. Startups are terrible. (laughs) Like startups are weird. Oh, you're an obnoxious twerp. No, just like it's not just that. It's I'm going to give you this money. I'm a venture capital person. You're like you're like 14 years old and you don't know any better. But I think there is a one percent chance that you will make a hundred times what anyone would ever expect. And I'm going to just go to Vegas, you know, on you because that's fun. I'm going to gamble on you. But in order for that to work, I need you to give your entire life up and act as if this is always going to work and never believe otherwise. Yeah. That's an actual startup. It's like it is moist people in front of computers. Oh, Jeez. Kind of hating each this other. This is not the image you want. For a year, right? Yeah, yeah. But then there's the portrait of the startup, which is like, I have a skateboarding dog that comes with me to the office every day. Yeah. Where we think of eight. Yeah. That is what the companies want. Here's the thing. I get it. Here's why I like it. I'm going to now give the counter argument okay. to it. Big companies are big and there's a maze of bureaucracy and there's a lot of stuff. The thing about the startup is it's free from all that. It's free from like the requisition sign off so I can at least get the license for the thing so I can try the thing. That's right. You can use the illustration program that you want to use as a designer without going through. Well, we already have a license for... Also, recruitment. The idea that now you're not borrowing a little bit of Jim's time from Group X, but rather this is a small group. Usually it's small. They love to tell you it's small, but that it's a dedicated team. It's an insulated team is the thinking. You know the move? They get a couch. The thing is, is like throwing that as a as a startup yeah. is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because that's not a startup. No. You know what word has come up lately and they, you hear it more often is pod. Yeah. That's also bad, but fine. <laughs> Look, I mean, all you're basically well, saying well, you is- got seven product pods going simultaneously. We're going to experiment with working in such a way that the focus is on the work. Yeah, that's and all we're you're saying. Colla- no, no, we're all saying we're going to collaborate. No, but that's what I mean. ideas around. There's also this implication of youth. That there is, is youthful, I, you fresh know what is thinking it's just is coming like, to it. It's just saying we're not going to. The bureaucracy will not determine every decision and activity made. Yes, you know why? What's, what's the warning sign? Because they often ended. Up, they often end up anemic, and it's really hard to ship anything out of them. Because they're often big company. They're just big. Yeah, you're still in that big company. You're still in that big and company. So and they're the, often they f- sec- get sucked back into big. There's companies. a fantasy, and there's a lot of going. Now, here's the thing: you can build a great product inside of a large company. I do believe that the big company's got to take it seriously, and it's got to be willing to give it enough oxygen. And very often it isn't because it's like, what is this little you, playground? You know, it's, you know what's tricky is I think that 
R&D is expensive, right? Nobody wants to do an R&D lab because it's tricky and it takes time. And it's very scary. It's R&D, very scary. Right? I feel that the startup is basically R&D light. Like the, the internal startup yeah. model is yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. it's not really a startup. It is a pod of people who you're saying, I'm going to release you from the bureaucracy because I think you'll be able to, that'll accelerate you. Yep. You'll do some interesting work. And you're ho- right. Hopefully you're right. Front. I couldn't name like this breakout product that came out of like, you know, a bank no, a is bank there a, or is a, there is there something that's come out? It's, there's, I mean, even big tech firms have this problem. Yeah, 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 exactly. It, it's everybody, exactly. right? I, like the innovation curve. I mean, honestly, Google had a run. Like Gmail was seven years in, which was something, right? Yeah. But it's been a while. I think I it's mean, been a while. I Apple mean, is, you know, I mean, even the big ones have trouble. They're they're basically adding features to their overall platform and capitalizing on lenses. the ecosystem. There's yeah. just the camera has more lenses on it. Like that's that's not really a startup. No, that's not exactly. A and so, like, meanwhile, if you look at the line, I mean, you can look it up. Like, Apple's spend on R and D is unbelievable. It's well, in the billions of dollars. Like, he, you would think. All right, so that's a warning sign. It's it's, it's a good one. Uh, well, it's just because when someone I, I get it because I'm so anti big company, but it's also usually bullshit. It's also just when somebody comes in and says we're going to do the internal startup, you got to be mindful. It's a warning sign. All right, I'm going to read another one to you. Total faith in funnel. The the real warning sign for the people who. When we're talking to people and they're and they're telling us like what they want is a belief in one system or one solution that will solve everything. People come in and they are convinced that if they just add this data layer to everything, it'll all work fine. So is it faith in funnel or faith in data? Maybe faith in data, both, right? It's this faith in like, if I just plug everybody in, I actually don't even need a product. I see. Just run them through this machine. That's right. And good the, money comes out of the other oh, side. Oh, there's a meat grinder approach. Define the funnel in one sentence. Well, it literally looks like a funnel. And the idea is that you have lots, you talk to lots and lots of people at the top of the funnel and they move through the funnel. They fall through the funnel and, and like... People fall off. Yeah, you talk to a million people and a thousand of them say, I actually want your product. At the very bottom of the funnel. There's one or two who are like, let me, let me buy that. I'll buy it. That's right. So like McDonald's funnel is, I'm going to advertise to you all the time on TV. Eventually, and then when you, you go, you. You're going to drive by McDonald's and you're going to go, God, I like French fries. Right. And, and they know full well that 80% don't eat McDonald's. So That's they right. fall off even though they see the ad. Mm-hmm. And they got 20% left. And then out of the, of the 20%, 10% can't afford it. And so they're just trying to get it down to like 2%. Mm-hmm. Is that success? 2% engagement off of a funnel is often, depending on the funnel, is success for a lot of people because you're jamming so many people in through it. I work for a giant consulting firm. Okay. I go to a conference. There's 5,000 people at the conference. What's I talk wrong to, with this? Nothing. Nothing's wrong I, with I the I want to have faith in that funnel. Yeah. You know what I find is that increasingly, I just feel people don't care about the product anymore. They're just uh, sort of like, we're going to get enough data. Just jam more in, mm-hmm. get more data, and forget the product. Uh, interesting. You know, so, and you actually see this in weird ways too show up in our world where people are like, let's do lean product development. And in fact, don't build anything, just market it and then see who clicks on the website. That's depressing. I mean, it's a way to find out what people want. I will say with that one, why the hell not? People click on everything all the time. If you got to measure market demand, as long as it's honest and you get you get to a page and the page says, we're gauging interest in this right now and we're, we're yep. building a product like this. Mm-hmm. Let us know if you'd like to know more. Okay. So you're saying, forget that. You know, I can get more out of my product that's a little dated if I just focus on the funnel. Hell yeah. And then yeah. there are all these plugins, right? All these ways oh, to yeah. sort of sniff out 
I mean, Amazon is known for it. It's mm-hmm. ability to kind of vet you and kind of understand which, where you're going. I mean, I could say something is campy on Facebook, and next thing you know, tents are being pitched to me <sighs> Just... from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon, I mean, there is a, there is an aggressiveness there. It gets a little messy, but you know what? I don't think they care. I think they you know. know. I remember they know reading, 10% of it is ridiculous. I remember reading some humorist when I was like 11 years old. So wait, he, is this gross? Let me ask you that question. There are good ways to do everything. It, it's default is pretty gross. Okay. Like out of the box, there's a gross experience with a lot of like ad tech and, and funnel and, and CRM. There's a lot of things. ad tech out there that's trying to understand it's you just, and yeah, push I, you through. You know, mean time to ethically uncomfortable is yeah. relatively low. Okay. Right. So, Whereas like if you're, you know, setting up a WordPress blog without any mm-hmm. plugins, mean time to ethically uncomfortable is extremely high because all you're doing is publishing stuff and letting people find it. Let's start. Let's actually name it. Right. Like that. So that, bad for the consumer, bad for the user. Now you're into the question of like, is advertising and promotion and branding and marketing bad for the consumer? Opting in and out is the hard part here. Okay. People don't know what they're opted into. Bad for the business? Or should we focus on that product? Ultimately terrible for the business. But it doesn't matter. People make their money and then they go home after five years and then someone else inherits the disaster. <laughs> you know, I think is, ultimately the product's got to be good. I think that is the reality. For something to last. You know, the problem is we live in such a giant economy. Or not the problem, but just so. So like, oops, we drove it into the ground. It was something people love, but then we squeezed it too hard. You know, there are no more golden eggs inside the goose. And And then somebody comes along and says, fine, I'll buy it. Yeah. I'll buy your, you know, 30 person ad tech startup and we'll roll it in over here. Right. There is no comeuppance. It's just that eventually the fish gets kind of tired swimming along, getting everybody's personal data. And then a bigger fish comes along and is like, oh, you're swimming a little slow. <laughs> right? But it's not, you don't get to watch the fish die and right. feel like, ha ha, fish. No, but I like this warning sign, which is focus on the quality of the product rather than just optimizing the This funnel. is about time frame, right? If you've got a year, if you told me, hey, Paul, I have a year and a half with this media company and we're going to go under. I got to get some money tomorrow. And I I think I found this thing. And yeah, okay, a clown shoots out of your screen and licks your face. And that's going to be awkward for people. But I can get a dollar per lick. Yeah. And if I don't do this, I got this in front of me and I have absolutely nothing else in front of me. Okay. That's the corner people find themselves in. Now, you could say, wow, how did you get yourself in that position? Because that's a, not everybody's in that position. You clearly made some choices along the way. Right. But regardless, when somebody's in that position, they feel that there's no other way. And so they engage with clownlicker.com. And clownlicker.com, you, you put the little widget in. And sure, everybody gets their face licked, but you get to live another day. And so look, and that people get into that corner and they feel the time pressure and they can't escape. And they do things like that. And then they kind of assume that... And everyone's like, okay, we're going to make a compromise just this one time. Yeah. Right? And the product thinking... And we don't talk about this very often because it's not, it makes it a little harder to sell the services, frankly. But it's more like a five year time horizon. It's harder. You're going to take, now we'll get it's you the, you know. Tempting to go to the funnel and optimize it because I, it's cheaper. How many, we tell everybody over and over, like three to four months, you're going to have your MVP. But we don't talk about the five years. Most of our clients walk in the door knowing it's five years. Yeah. Knowing that, like, not even them five years, but like, yeah. you're going to get a thing, like, we used to talk about the day two problem. It's the day forever challenge. Yeah. You're never going to get to put this thing back in the box. Right, 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 right. This is actually a lot of cultural orgs ask me for advice. And increasingly, I'm like, you need to go find a platform you can be on top of. Don't build your own software. Yeah. Like, unless you're really big, 
It's a risk because no, you, no, you shouldn't. No, because you're going to be supporting this thing for 10 years. Yeah, that's right. That's just what adults have to do. Okay, so so I, I like this point a lot. It is a warning sign because it means your eyes off the ball. You're you're trying to think about how to get more hands on your product rather than improving through acquisition rather than the quality of the product and word of mouth and improving it. Like I'm always you know, fascinated you, by stories like Dropbox. You know, it started on Hacker News and it was it was just done so well. Yeah. Like this was not a marketing thinking person. I think it was just the way it was executed was so good. And there were so many folder syncing. No, I remember. I remember. I was like, wow, this just somebody just did it right for once. I was was talking with a friend. All the nerds in the world were like, well, why would you really need this? You can set up your own FTP server, you know, just all that. Yeah. And then the business people were like, well, there's box. Dot net yeah. or whatever it was. But called. Dropbox, it's like you get that two gigs and you can send the pictures to your grandparents of the kids. And just the way it synced was so elegant. And it just was, it, everything happened automatically and there was very little thinking going on. And it's just those, that was just good execution, right? And you see that time and time again with quality product, right? Is, Sketch is another example. Yeah. That's a very product quality driven. You get on the train and there's ads for some software. Mm-hmm. Like Sketch did it by essentially focusing on the quality of the product and the community around it and just just stayed on that. They right? care about their user. It's actual. I, mean, I don't know their budget for marketing sketch, but it's probably near zero. Well, it's not as big as Adobe's is for like one billboard of a woman's face being disassembled into five million pieces while a shark jumps out nearby. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, That's not fair to compare it to Adobe. But the point is... They had $10 and they said, you know what? Put nine on products and one on marketing. Like they just actually cared about that user. Exactly. And here's the other thing too is unlike Adobe, whose user now includes every single person who does anything visual on earth. Yeah. Sketch said, you know, we're the modern designer doing specific kinds of things is who we're going to optimize for. This is my favorite warning sign out of your warning signs, which is it's tempting to just go and find the lower hanging fruit and just go and try to find that angle so that your funnel is more effective. But the quality of the product long term, it's a longer bet. It's more expensive. This is what sucks about the web in general, like where things have gone is that about 80% of it is how do we commoditize and get more value out of the low hanging fruit? My dream is somebody comes to Postlight and they look you or me in the eye and they say, we're getting a five year plan together. Wow. That is the loveliest thing, isn't it? And we're going to see how this is going to go. This is pure fantasy at this point. But, you know, I heard you on your podcast and you said three to four months you can get an MVP. Let's do that. Let's not do like a whole lot of discussion across the company. Let's just build this one thing. We want to get it right. Let's get it right. And then we're going to just start iterating steadily. You're going to start working with our team. And here's where I want to be. I'm the CEO of Company X or I'm the chief digital officer. I got a five-year mandate. Yep. And I got to get us here. Now, I also have a lot of short-term revenue stuff and a lot of stuff I got to do. But there's one thing here which I think is going to be pretty critical. And we're going to not only get this thing launched in three years, but we're going to probably blow it up a couple times along the way. And there's going to be other vendors and yeah. other stuff involved. Get ready, Postlight. It's not yeah. all about you. What's hard about that is this, the, the business cycle. Um, it's not rarely, five years. Rarely will you get that kind there of are runway. There are about a thousand companies in America that think in a five-year cycle max. Or give somebody and trust them enough to give them that three-year cycle. And people think, oh, they design a new iPhone every year. Like the iPhone that came out this year was probably being worked on three years ago. Five is actually unrealistic too. And it almost is meaningless. Yeah. Like our whole company is five years old. I, I don't even know what post No, no, but like. even two years, dude. That's incredible. Three, I, mean, I feel, is like the magic point. 
Two it is lovely. Three, you know that we are available for ser- to provide <laughs> services to anyone who's looking for a three-year timeline. <laughs> the long term. <laughs> no, for real though. Some of our, our relationships are going that long, and you can start to yeah, see. Yeah, and how they're me- the best ones, right? Right. We can start to see how meaningful it is. Yeah. Because you true. actually you're in their world and you're helping them, and well, they're you're a partner. Yeah, and they understand us. Like yeah. we're able to sort of figure out. We just. I mean, I'll just be really vague about it, but we just restructured one of our longest relationships to make it both grow and, and like everybody's getting a good deal out of this. Right. And it's because we can look them in the eye and be like, well, here's what would be good for us. And they're like, well, that's okay. We'd like it if it looked like this, cause that'd be better for us. And we're like, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's figure it out. And that is where I want to be. Eventually. I like the short term stuff. It feels really good, but boy, is it the, the non warning sign is someone who can think past that quarter. Well, they know how hard it is. It's really it's hard. always hard. It's really it hard, and it, it requires a lot of power and a, and a real willingness for risk. Yes. So if you're one of those people, we will talk to you. Why would we talk to you, Paul? Because we're a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City, and boy, do we build those good digital products. Yes. We're the ultimate product partner. We have engineers, designers, product leads that ship and maintain and update product, digital products, apps, web platforms. Reach out. Hello at postlight.com. Reach out anyway. That's right. Ask us a question. We like questions. We got a great one, Paul. I made a joke about non-alcoholic beer. You're not a fan. No, I think if you want lemonade, just drink lemonade. Like you don't need like to bad, fake You it. don't need like I bad, like wheat yeah. flavored lemonade. It's like saying, would you like some non-chicken soup, chicken soup? Mm-hmm. But then I got, someone sent us a note and they were pretty upset. And they said, you, well, you haven't had the right non-alcoholic beer. Okay. And the right one to have apparently is... Athletic Brewery from Connecticut is doing some really nice things. Athletic Brewery from Connecticut. Yes, they have an IPA and golden ale versions, plus other seasonals, which have won awards against alcoholic beers. They're an entirely non-alcoholic brewery, and each can is only 50 to 70 calories. Well, that is a hell of a commercial for a Um, non-sponsor. Rich. Yes. This is the best part of the, the podcast. You know why? I'm enjoying this because I get to talk to you a little bit less. Yeah, it's the thing. It's less you and me. Yes. Just jabber jabbing. We keep telling people that PostSite's great and it's all these talented people. And we need to let everyone know that we're not full of shit. We do need to let them know that. And so we have a segment. Hello at PostSite. It's just like the email, but without the dot com. Yes. And today we have a very special guest. Yes. A lead engineer, Stephen Cook. Stephen, welcome. Good to be here. We're glad you're here. Stephen, what's a lead engineer do? Well, a typical day looks like coming in in the morning and uh, either being at home or being here. So coming in on Slack or coming in here and then getting on Slack. Correct. Currently, I'm talking a lot with Lemonon, which is interesting, getting to know some of the engineers out there. That's right. We should tell people we have a Beirut team. Correct. In Lebanon, that's right. Which And then people go like, why Beirut? And we go, well, because Rich is Lebanese. But Correct. also because they're they're really good engineers and they they're are really good. very much part of the firm. Okay, so you come in, you get on Slack, it's seven hours ahead. Right, so I get a lot of uh, download from the team out there and we figure out what the tasks are that I need to do on the front end side because it's a lot of back end work that they're doing. 
So uh, I get some tasks. I also fill them in on what I've done the day before, and then it's off to the races. Interesting. All right, so what's most of your programming like these days? Currently GraphQL, and we're really working on a Hasura integration with AuthO, or right, Zero. We got to back to Zoom down. out. No, because this is, does this stack even have a name at this point? Not that I know. Yeah, we're in the future here, but this stuff is cool as hell. One sentence answers. What is GraphQL? GraphQL is, uh, let's see, Paul, you want to answer that in in a thumbnail? Because <laughs> like, for me, it's really just a, an interface it's life for me now to for you. grab data from a database. Yeah. yeah. You know, you go to a web page and there's like a, a page. If you look inside, it's like HTML and paragraphs and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's kind of structured. There's actually a hierarchy in there and that describes the document. Now, what if you wanted to describe lots of things like people or dogs or books that people want to Data. Data. There's a way you can format that, and you do it kind of in a language that looks a little bit like JavaScript, the language of the web. But basically, all you're doing is you're saying, hey, give me the list of all the books and give them to me in a, in a certain format. The nice thing about GraphQL, we've been through a lot of different phases and a lot of different ways to exchange data. When you get a bundle of GraphQL and you request it, you can kind of say, this is all I need. Don't give me any more. And it comes over, and it's kind of all you need. It's got all the, if, you, if the books need to have authors, and the authors need names, and you need the picture of the author to be there too, it's going to have all that stuff already for you. You don't have to go back to the server and say, ah, I need those pictures. That was the one sentence description of Gresham. <laughs> yeah, that was one sentence. What did I miss, Steve? Well, what did I, miss? I also want to learn about Steven. Like background, were background. you always a programmer, comp sci major? <sighs> no, no, I went to school for uh, marine biology. Dun, dun, dun. Whoa, That's a yeah. pretty good one. You usually get architect or English major. We got lawyer with Rich. Marine biology. Yeah, yeah I wanted That's to do, be a scuba diver when I was younger. Uh, do you Did st- a lot of scuba diving. You yeah. still dive? I haven't in a while, but I, I do enjoy it. I mean, you live, sure. in, you live in Jersey. It feels like you're close to the beach. You could, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing off I'm the a coast recent of Jersey, back to Jersey dude. guy. Where should people scuba dive? Wait, go to Caribbean. That's it. It's just yeah. the equator. Go, go where it's warm. Yeah. See, see some beautiful fish. Yeah. Okay. So okay. did you get a marine biologist job no, out no. of college? No, I, I gave up the marine biology for music. I moved to New York for music. Really? So this was early 90s, came here and okay. decided to give it a, a go. And uh, that was like five or six years of sort, sort of just tooling around Lower East Side and playing bars. And that was awesome times. This is then, out of college. This was out of college, yeah. So your and parents are just shaking they were not their cool, heads They were not cool with it. No, no, no. This is all going down. Let's not worry about that. What about, what was the name of the band? Uh, <laughs> the one in New York that, that stuck was uh, Sway. Sway. Okay, yeah. good name. Okay. What was the sound? It was shoegazy. Oh, that's good. Oh, I yeah. love that stuff. Oh. What was the best place to play? We did CBGB's once. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's, legendary. Uh, that's not a great place to play. It's no. just awesome. All right, so wait. Now let's fast forward. You're five years in. You're getting tired of eating Ray's pizza every night. Yep. What happens next in your life? Uh, I met a girl while I was doing music who was French. And we had an opportunity. We got married here. Okay. And we had an opportunity to move to Paris. And it was like, why the hell not? Like, let's go okay. over there and like take advantage of being overseas for a while. What are you doing there? Uh, something called Hydro Gommage. 
which is cleaning of the buildings. So basically, uh, you get out there and you just shh, before and you're cleaning he, those buildings. Before right? he translated, I was you like, that the, sounds delicious. Oh no, I'm like, this is great. He made cheese. Okay, so how long did that? Okay, that now, was only about six or eight months. So then I moved over to I was teaching English. Worked for Berlitz for a little while, and that's where I started to do the programming stuff. How did that line up? I met someone there that had introduced me into that, that world, basically HTML. Started at the ground and just, yeah. uh, you know, from there, Kept I was like, I, I had my schedule was very open in the morning or open in the evenings. Mm-hmm. So every day, just every single day, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do this. And I was like, this, so you're hooked. this is where I'm going to go. Bit. And yeah. that, that was, oh, you got that into was, it. That was when uh, Flash was king. So I started yeah. learning ActionScript, ActionScript yep. 1.0, and I just went up from there. It was really just going from ActionScript and learning programming languages, and it was a compiled language, so it was very different than what we're doing today, but the language, JavaScript, ActionScript... I don't think we give Flash enough credit for basically taking a lot of arty people and turning them into programmers because they started to hack around in Flash, and then the only way to really make stuff go was to learn ActionScript, which is essentially JavaScript. Like, it's close enough. Oh, it's it's ECMAScript compliant. Like, it was for you. You didn't know it at the time, but you were getting formally trained in, like, some, you know, the basic principles around programming. But you could get... You can get from... Flash and ActionScript to the web really relatively easily. Very easily. Yeah. yeah. So thanks, Adobe. We, yeah. we give Adobe a lot of heat, but that was one decision they made that actually helped us all. So all you right. kept going. Kept going. Moved back after after being in Paris for four a little bit over four years. Came back to New York. Started doing some freelance work and found myself at Big Spaceship. And this is an agency agency, yeah. agency over Here in Dumbo. In, in and New York they City, were doing yeah. a lot of Flash work at the time, so it was very uh, Flash central. We did a lot of like fun stuff like doing isometric gaming, that was really fun. There are a lot of people out there who think about that leap. Your story actually is, you just went for it, I mean, a few different times. It fell into my lap, and it was just one of those things that I had always wanted to do and found the opportunity. So it was literally me every day going on the forums and learning and talking to people. I had the opportunity to be in Amsterdam for a a conference uh, Mm -hmm. while I was in Paris, Mm -hmm. and it it changed the way I thought about what I was doing in Mm -hmm. that I was there on behalf of an organization. So being there, I was able to raise my hand and ask questions in a room full of people, Mm -hmm. and it made a difference, and it made me think... I'm meeting my peers that are in this business and they're doing really well in what they do. And when I had the opportunity to be there to, to question these people that I admired, it was amazing. And I left that conference thinking, wow, I can actually do this. Yep. And it opened my eyes into like, all I need to do is just put myself out there. People are often intimidated about this leap. Like, they, I can't ask the stupid question. It's kind it. of a known You feel thing. like a fraud for years. You feel like a fraud. <laughs> and you're like, I can't. Does I gotta that ever go leave, it out. though? Yeah, because I think there's a point where you realize, like, you're going to make a choice. I'm going to go this way or that way, and I'm going to get really good at this one thing, or I'm not. Like, I'm going to also, maybe I'll go and do this thing instead. But the thing with what we do is our industry changes so much. Every four to five minutes. You know, you you asked about advice. It's just learning new technologies. Yeah. Like, like keeping on top of these things, surrounding yourself by like-minded folks that can actually give you that, that information. Is there any Spotify evidence of your career? Mm, not really. Okay. Okay. No. Sway to an album? Oh, oh, yeah, we do. I actually have a, a cassette at home. A cassette. <laughs> Which I don't know how we get that digitally made. For our younger listeners, a cassette was a spool of an oxidized <laughs> plastic. <laughs> Here we go. Steven, thank you so much for yeah. doing this. This was great. Thank you. Time to get back to work. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.